Hi guys, welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan, the podcast. Sorry it's been so long since my last podcast episode. I won't bore you with the details. I just hope you're all doing well and staying safe during these rather turbulent times. My first ever podcast recording was amidst a sharp rise in the COVID-19 cases, and then it seemed like something worth mentioning. Now there's another issue of a very different kind. I'm white, straight, a European male, and I know I'm as privileged as can be. Mine is not the voice you need to hear regarding issues of racism or US politics, so I won't dwell on it. All I will say is try to find a podcast featuring minority voices. How many do you listen to that are hosted by black or brown people, or hosted by women? For me, it's honestly not many, unfortunately. I'm owning up to that, and I want to change it. Democracy Now! is a great listen for what's really going on in the world, especially in the US. The Guilty Feminist is one I enjoy too. For those of you like me who are into football, the Stadio podcast, S-T-A-D-I-O, is co-hosted by Musa Okwongo. He's really good, he's funny, smart, very well spoken on a lot of sensitive issues like this. So go listen to those guys for um, better commentary about what's going on in the world today. All I'll say is Black Lives Matter. Anyway, my podcast is about running, about fitness, about being vegan. I know these topics aren't nearly as important as what's going on in the world today, but it's what I know. And it's all I feel comfortable broadcasting my opinion on to the wider world. So with that in mind, I hope you'll permit me to continue and I hope you'll enjoy what I have to say. So I do encourage you to go listen to marginalized voices talking about issues far more important. But if you are interested in running, in veganism, if you know me at all, if you'd like to support what I'm doing, thank you very much. We all know it's not nearly as critical as other issues, but hey, we all need an escape too. A few days ago, I put out a Q&A on my social media, on my Instagram, at Stephen Runs Vegan, and I got a few questions that people had that they wanted answered, so I figured I would do that today. I don't remember everyone's names, I didn't think to write them down, sorry about that. But the first question that came in came in to me is, how many miles do I run in a week? Actually, now that I think of it, I believe that was Holden Fraser. Great uh, young footballer, you can follow him on at Mountain Football Kid on Instagram. He's brilliant, he, he'll be a star one day. So Holden, thank you for this question. How many miles do I run in a week? Well... As I live in Europe, we count the distance in kilometers rather than miles, so I don't really know of the number of miles I run. Um, I don't count that too much. Although colloquially, you know, in conversation, I still say miles. For example, that restaurant is miles away. Let's go here instead. That sort of thing. But I digress. My weekly mileage fluctuates greatly depending on my mood, my work schedule, or if I'm training for anything. If I'm training for a race, then my average weekly distance would be somewhere around 40 kilometers. That's about 25 miles. At the peak of training, that's going to be higher, but 40 kilometers, maybe 50 kilometers, it's about average for me. When I'm not in training mode, I just run for fun. That's whenever I feel like it, or whatever distance I'm in the mood for. Some days I love to go for a nice long run, other days I just go out around the block, 
couple of kilometers. It fluctuates greatly, but probably not in training mode, closer to 30k per week. I think it's important to mention that this is not the optimum level for anyone. This is not what you should do. Some people run much further and much more regularly. And I know many people would would consider the idea of voluntarily running 40 kilometers in a week to be madness. Fair enough. Listen to your own body. Rest when you're tired or sore. And if you're feeling good, if you're feeling energetic, then ramp it up, then keep going. But most of all, enjoy your running, whatever that means. And yeah, Holden, thank you for the question. Next one came in from Eamon, who is my father. So thank you for the support, Dad. And his question was, where do you get your calcium? My honest answer, I don't know. Truth be told, it's not that simple though. I've been vegetarian and then vegan for over 10 years. And slowly but surely, I've learned to eat in a way that I know suits my body best. Short of the occasional cold, I'm very fortunate to have felt healthy and energetic through most of my time as a vegan or vegetarian. I've learned to listen to my body. If I'm craving something in particular, and no, I don't mean junk food, but if I'm my body's desiring anything in particular, it's probably telling me that it needs whatever nutrients are in that food. So while I don't consciously know where I get my calcium, it seems like my body does. I trust my gut, I trust my brain. If you're the type that needs the facts and figures, not me at all, but if you like to get your numbers, you can Google vegan calcium sources, which I've just done. A quick Google search shows me that soy products are very high, like tofu, tempeh, and leafy greens, of course. Leafy greens are the staple of any great nutritional source, really. Um, Leafy greens like kale and broccoli are great, very high in calcium, but apparently it's telling me that spinach is not. I like this question because no one ever asks it. Everyone who wants to know about vegan nutrients is obsessed with protein, as if it's the only nutrient our body requires to be healthy and active. Don't get me wrong, protein is important, but it's abundant. If you're eating whole plant foods, if you're eating a wide variety of whole plant-based foods, you'll get all the protein you need. I don't take supplements, I don't use protein powder, I train regularly and I recover just fine. I'm feeling fit and strong and healthy. So get your protein, but be sure to ask yourself, where do I get my fiber from? Or where am I getting my calcium from? The vitamins, that sort of thing. And if you're eating a nice balance of a wide variety of foods, then you'll automatically get all the protein you need. Next question was, how do I start running? Answer to that, I have a more detailed story about my start in running. I think it's the second podcast I ever did, one of the early ones. That's all about how I started running from a completely unfit non-runner to deciding to run my first marathon. Go back and listen to that. I think if you can bear the poor audio quality, you might find a few handy tips or more detail there or just a nice story to listen to, hopefully. The main problem I see when people start to run is that they just do too much too soon. There might be a New Year's resolution or a sudden burst of motivation for any reason. They run hard and they run fast. And they get disheartened when they're suddenly out of breath after a short distance. That's exactly what happened to me. Or after a week or two, you know, something hurts your body, you feel pain or discomfort and you decide, oh, it's not for me, my body doesn't like running. Being motivated to start is great, everyone needs motivation, but you have to start slow, you have to pace yourself. Try, for example, just walk for 60 seconds and run for 60 seconds. Do it on and off, you know, take, before you get to the level of exhaustion, just start walking again. Do that for a few times a week 
And maybe if you're feeling good after that, next week you can increase the amount of time you're running. Your entire body needs to learn how to run, from your cardiac system, your joints and ligaments, not just the muscles. And when you are running, it should be slow. As slow as you can get it while still being able to make your body move in that running motion, if you get me. Keep your strides short, strides being the amount of distance you cover in one step. Keep them short and fast, you know, tap, 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 not just big bounding lunges. Those soft landings will put less pressure on your joints, on your body. If you are out of breath, slow down. It is, I remember it being frustratingly slow to build up your fitness and running in this way. But trust me, it's the only way, really, if you want to become a long-term runner. It's slow in the beginning, and it looks embarrassing if your friends see you, quote-unquote, running like this, very slowly, small little strides. doesn't look like much, but that's how you start, and then if you build up, then your body will be used to it. You'll be able to run faster for the same amount of discomfort or the same amount of comfort. And gradually, over the weeks, you'll start to notice your breathing is easier, or you'll be running for longer without needing a break. And before you know it, you're on your way. So, long story short, be patient, go easy on yourself, and you'll be glad in the long run. Pun absolutely intended. And that's it for now. I just wanted to keep you guys updated. Thank you for your patience. I hope you're uh, coming back to the podcast, and I hope you look forward to more in the future. As ever, if you have any questions about health, fitness, running, going vegan, or if you just want to get in touch with me, please feel free. You can email the podcast at Stephen Runs Vegan. That's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, but it's in the title, you'll see it. Stephen Runs Vegan at gmail.com. Or you can find me on social media at Stephen Runs Vegan on Instagram. Or if you're on Twitter, it's my personal Twitter, but hey, it's all good, at Stephen Amen. That's Stephen, my name, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and Amen, my middle name, it's an Irish name, that's E-A-M-O-N-N, at Stephen Amen. But anyway, the links will all be in the episode description underneath. Guys, thank you very much. Stay safe. Do your best. Take care of each other. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.